0: Guess who's back, 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 back again. Shady's back, 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 tell a friend. C, C, C! Welcome, everybody, to yes, it's, it's On You! She, she, she. Second season, episode number one. Welcome back, Big Alex. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm right here, Monchi's inspired, as always, motivated. I'm excited to be here uh, doing this season two, episode one. One, because... We finally have the woman we've so coveted, and this is the first time we have a woman on board. And mind you, let me let me let me say why, because as you recall, Monchi's in our first season. We we did our podcast through the the whole rainy season. Yes, We had a wet season, so and we only recorded on on Thursdays at six. That's (laughs) right. That's right. So a lot of women wanted to come on board, but. Uh, unfortunately, the time and, you know, the weather and, and the time of work just wasn't appropriate. And now we finally got what we wanted. But having said all that, brother, I'm excited. A lot of whole shit has been going on. I miss you, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, and I can't wait to get to get to this. Uh, I want to say something. We're, we're, I'm in a show right now. Corina from lap dance to Sundance at Casa 0101. Nice. Alongside our distinguished guest. And alongside this young man recording us, we will say names in a minute because I want
0: you to do the amazing introduction, Munchies. So, uh, yeah, but how you been, brother? I've been, been good. I've been good, man. You know, staying busy, you know, uh, doing my real estate stuff, you know, uh, with affordable housing, helping out nonprofits to help others, you know, in uh, the housing need. So, it's very important work, you know. Um, if it wasn't work that helps the community, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, so that that's what that's what I'm all about, and then spend a lot of time with my kids doing a lot of stuff. We're gonna go to San Francisco this weekend. Nice. You know, my son he wants to go hang out with some friends. So I'm take my son and my daughter, so hang out over there, get some clam chowder and all that good stuff, Shit, and why check not, out some brother? buffalo.
1: You know? you know, that's it. Yeah, man. So yeah, <laughs> I am still focusing on it's on you. Uh, I put it on hold for a minute uh, because I'm 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 back on stage, in this marvelous show. So yeah, but I'm ready to, to rock and roll, brother. Uh, you know, as it, it's very difficult to start something grassroots and Beautiful. see it through through its completion. But I think we have the right people on board, nice. and uh, it, with the help of of good friends, uh, we're gonna make this happen, man. Yes, sir. But anyhow, big munchies, man. Forget yeah. all that. I just want. Uh, let's get to it, man. All right. Please well, do us well, well, the well, honor well, and get ready. To, just do a round of applause, people. Monchi, take it away, brother.
0: All right, all right. So I uh, just want to tell you real quickly about It's On You. This is where we delve into the inspiring journeys of individuals who are making a significant impact in their communities. Today, we are thrilled to have with us Lorena M. Ortega. Yay! Yes, 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 A multifaceted talent in the world of theater and education. Lorena is a writer, director, producer, actor, mother, wife, Holy and bruja, bruja hails bruja. from Huntington beach california her Eso. work deeply rooted in the themes of culture family healing and social justice and it has been transformative in both theatrical and educational realms. Welcome, Lorena. Welcome. Yeah. Si, si, si. Si se puede, Lorena. How are you doing
1: this morning?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. What a beautiful introduction,
0: man. Thank
1: you for oh, being, on board. Thank Imagine, you for being dude, with us. I just heard a woman's voice. <laughs> right, on right.
0: your podcast. Well, wow. no, We've been wanting to, you know, to do that. I think this will be the year. Uh, so we're starting off the year early. Because it's the end of December, middle of December, but yeah. we want to start having incorporating more women to have a, a, a more balanced, uh, balanced dialogue, yes. So, which would be great. You know, yes. have Thank a different perspective you. instead of just a male perspective. Absolutely. So that's important. Um, real quick, Lorena, uh, so you, if you can share with us uh, one of your moments when you realized that theater was your calling. How did your journey in this uh, arts begin? Well, that's actually a really good
2: question because I didn't know that this life was for me. Mm. I have been a musical theater mom. I say this over and over. I've been a musical theater mom for 25 years. It was always about my kids. In fact, today's my eldest birthday. Ah, Happy birthday (laughs) birthday to your eldest. Alexandria. Alexandria. When she was five years old, I put her in musical theater because I never did theater growing up. I thought, what's theater? Like I don't have time for that. So as I was beginning to be one of those musical theater moms who would build sets and make costumes, I thought, this is really cool. This is such a cool way to get involved. And right. growing up in Orange County, there weren't a lot of spaces for people like me to, to explore culture. It was really just musical theater through a white lens, which was okay for the time. And about six years ago, I saw an ad in Facebook from Casa0101, mm-hmm. and they were talking about children's theater classes, uh, musical theater classes. And I sent an email asking if it was okay for me to cross that county line and have my children take up space in this theater. And I was immediately responded to with Bring Your Kids. Wow. Nice. And wow. really, the transformation for me to be involved mm-hmm. in theater began there. At Casa no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So but, I was bug, never but
1: you've always had the bug. I've the always had the bug as far as. The artistic bug. P- yes. Yes.
2: yes. yes. I've been writing since I can hold a crayon in my hand. So I've wow, always, I've always nice been fun. a writer. Yeah.
0: Real quickly, yeah. sorry, just, Lorena, I, I jumped the gun to ask you that question, but can you tell us a bit about yourself? <laughs> yeah mm.
2: all right thanks uh so i am i think your intro was beautiful i am a writer i've been writing since i can hold a crayon in my hand nice. i currently am the production coordinator for Casa Cero Uno Cero Uno. so i love being in the minutia of productions right. i love to make sure that all the eyes di- are dotted and the t's are crossed and i really like to make sure that everybody around me is supported that's the most important thing i need to make sure that when you walk through those doors that you're going to be able to be your best self because I'm taking care of ev- all of your needs behind you. Um, that, for me, is super important. And I don't just do that in the theater. I do it in really any space that I walk into. For me, like, being emotionally intelligent I- in every step of life, I don't know how to exist without that. And it's nice. a heavy burden sometimes, but yeah. I think that I, it's my role in making the world a tiny bit of a better place for my kids to grow up in. Right. Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. And Beautiful. I can attest to that, man.
1: I've had the honor and privilege of meeting Lorena in this show. We, we've actually crossed paths before. Uh, just Emmanuel introduced us. But E-man. We, we e- E-man in the house with somebody. Sí, sí, Shout out to brother Mark Cross. That man. So Big Mark. The thing, uh, <clears throat> we never got to talking. And she's correct. She, she really, uh, she carries interdependence, man, and, and you know, and on her shoulders. And she believes in people. And she's there for people, and what she calls a lot of emotional needy men.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we are needy. Hey, so by the way, many. I'm
1: not one of those guys, all right? Oh my so
2: God! I talk Liz. What are you talking about?
0: I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> First sign is denial. Oh, <laughs> oh
2: shit! Yeah. Got yes, me. yes. yes. I mean, so, the whole drive to guys. I'm wondering which man is gonna need what from me today. Right.
0: You know, quick, quick, quick question, if I, can, yeah. if I can. So it sounds like uh, when I was at Elac Theater. I used to like community college theater. I did a lot of stage managing. You know, when you're a stage manager, you're a parent, right? You know, you take care of all the actors, right? You know, and you make sure that everything's going smoothly and stuff. Is that kind of, is? That, are you doing stage managing as well? Is that part of one of your hats there? Like taking care of the actors and also make sure that everybody's gossy on cue and gossy. stuff? So I would say <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm not an actual stage manager. and official. unofficial, unofficial <laughs> stage manager. <laughs> <laughs> I call myself the emotional support animal for the nice. theater. Nice. Uh, and I think that's, that accurately describes who I am as beautiful.
1: But let's admit something, Lorena. Uh, uh, Lorena is pulled by wounded animals. She's attracted to wounded animals. She has Man. a big need I'm wounded, girl. To I'm heal. wounded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's why she was never Soy un kid. perro that's wounded. Saw, that, Me encantan
1: los perros. Hey, that's why when she saw this hombre bien parado, She's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that guy don't need me. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. There was like stallion right there. Stallion.
1: No, but, but, but in all, in all seriousness, uh, Lorena is amazing, and she has a, she's a wonderful writer. Thank you. you know, and she does a lot in the theater, for damn sure. And she does. She holds it together for a lot of people that can't actually, cannot hold it together. So she's like a natural therapist. Hey, you want my job? No, (laughs) Hired (laughs) for it's on you. But, you know, one (laughs) thing
0: that I heard is that uh, like, quote, unquote, true actors are 90 percent in fantasy, 10 percent in reality. Right. You know, um, part of it is because, you know, like their life is so messed up that they need to escape. Right. You know, association. And but uh, but the thing is, that's why, like, actors are so needy you know, uh, because they need that hand-holding, that coddling, even though, like, might not say it's healthy, but <laughs> if it's temporary, it might be healthy, uh, just because they're struggling so much psychologically. That's why, like, they're into drama, because they have a lot of drama, right, you know? And yeah. so it's very important to know there's somebody like you out there helping out these actors, because we need these actors to be out there to you know to, to help tell these stories, you For know? Sure. And it takes a lot to be vulnerable, to be on stage, you know? And so to have somebody support that is very important. So thank you for doing that for those yeah. people. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And well, I sure.
2: think you that you nailed it when you said that it's 10% real life. I'm not yeah. sure if that's percentage, but it's right. really important to, for me anyway, I only really address that 10%. Yeah. There are people who are so much better than I am at directing, at writing, at producing, but there are very few people I know in my own life who are better than I am in addressing that 10%. Wow. Mm. And I think being a mother for so long has helped me to, to be able to know when and how and when to really step away because also the ego is in everything. Uh, Ooh, 100%. And that's, yeah. that, for me, was the hardest thing yeah. to acknowledge. That am I doing this for them, or am I doing this so that I can walk away and say, I I healed that wounded bird? My gosh, yes. Because it's yeah.
1: also ego, right? Yes, Yeah. It's yeah. all the, the ego. Need, you know, there's a, a woman, a great writer. She's a, a Buddhist writer. I think she was a social worker. I can't think of her name right now, but she talked about something ab- that's called uh, pathological altruism. You've heard of that, right? Absolutely. So it's also our need to save, right? And, and, but, but the important thing is how do you find that balance, right? Where you know your ego is taking over and you want to check it immediately because we, we, whether we aware or not whether we are aware n- of, of it or not, we, we want reward. You get it? Yes. It could be subconsciously and an em- uh, some kind of unmet need. But we're like okay, but it's cool to be aware of it, because this is the way I look at it. You ego is necessary, right? Like there's uh, in psychology a thing called uh, healthy ego, mm. also, right? So nobody, you gotta defend yourself in way or another. If somebody's attacking you, sure. you gotta stand up for yourself. But at the same time, I I, I don't have a problem with that, you know. Uh, but what I I really admire somebody who can check the ego, right? Who understands their processes, their internal processes, and, and recognizes when they're looking for praise, they're looking for, you know, adoration, you know, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? And it's difficult and which is why it's important to walk away from certain things from time to time. Right. For sure. I w- I, you know, as you guys know, Lorena, you know, that this is my first show in 10 years. Right. Yeah. And I performed from 97 to 2013. So it was it was a wonderful journey. But I realized a lot of self-destructive nature in myself. And I said, Thank God I'm not in Hollywood. If I'm a fuck up now, <laughs> what would I be in Hollywood?
0: <laughs> <laughs> a normal person. A normal person eso, in eso. Hollywood. Yeah.
1: So anyhow, I have it's a question nothing. for you, Lorena. I know in part of your bio you talked about Tell tell me a little bit first your play Landback. Is that what it's called? It's okay, hashtag Landback. Okay. Yes. Land Before I ask you the follow up question to that, how you got to uh, Loyola Marymount University. So what is Landback about and how did you what did you write and what did you feel needed to be addressed in that? And how did you come up later? with that name? Yes.
2: Hashtag. Hashtag Lambic. Okay. So about three years ago, we I'm part of the Native American movement in Orange County. It's an intertribal nice. movement. And uh, a lot of our efforts are in land preservation and making sure that we leave the land better than we found it for seven generations nice. ahead of us. Because the seven generations before us did that for us as well. And there is a ceremonial site at Cal State Long Beach called Pavungna. What is it called again? Puvungna. Puvungna. Yes. Puvungna. And for some reason, Cal State Long Beach continues to believe that it's their land versus a land that has been uh, protected by Native stewards for time immemorial. Right. And at one point, we were there. They had called us and asked us to please come and see what's happening on the land. And we arrived, and there were trucks. There's construction going on on the northern side of the campus. And we arrive to Puvungna, where we have our bear ceremony, where we have our uh, all of our bridging ceremonies for our, our youth when they turn into teens. That's a place that we convene. And they're driving Mack trucks on this land, and they're breaking the midden that protects the land, and they're dumping um, material like construction materials onto this land where we host ceremony. We wow. have no idea what's in this, d- what they're dumping in the soil, and there isn't there has to be a, an, a native monitor there. that's assigned by the state of California to make sure they're doing everything okay. Wow, okay. Nobody was there. Wow. It was just us, the, the, the protectors. And as we're watching, we decide we have to stop these trucks. We can't allow them to keep driving on our land. Our land, meaning the land of the, of the people. And so we stopped them and we asked them, do you know what you're doing? and they had no of idea. Of course, they're oblivious. They're, they're oblivious. And this
0: is Tongva land.
2: Yes, this is Tongva land, yeah. And we got them out of their trucks and we started describing to them what we do on, on the land, why we are so protective over it, and asking them, who do you think you are driving over this land? And they stopped what they were doing that day. We were Beautiful. successful in stopping them. There was a stay that was ordered at the university and they were no longer allowed to dump wow. anything onto the land. So we won Beautiful. that battle. And the following year, when Chicanas, Cholas, and Chisme came back, I had to decide what I was going to write about. And I thought, this is the perfect thing to write about, just to bring not only acknowledgment for the battle that I went through with, with my uh, hermanos and hermanas, but also to show people that you know Native Americans, they're, they're not gone. We're Plan. all still here. Oh, and for real. No matter for what sure. you call us, chicanas, chicanos, and, you know, Native Americans, indigenous. Cholos eso yeah. también. You know, yeah, we're yeah. all still here. Yeah. And a- acknowledging that we do hold ceremony. We don't just walk into a Catholic church. We do hold ceremony. The earth is our church. And so that was very important for me to write it. And lucky for me, I, it was really easy to come, back, come up with the name because there is this movement to have land to be given back. And all over the internet, if you p- type in hashtag landback you'll find so many posts for people asking for land to be just given back. Yeah. We need these ceremonial spaces. And I was very, very blessed that people were asking the same question you were asking. What is this story about? So I got the opportunity to not just see it be on stage. I also got to act out one of the nights because the actor, Raquel Salinas, was not able to do it. So they said, Lorena, you're shout either acting. Raquel Salinas. Raquel in the we're house. We're get her back here, too. Yeah, hey, the Raquel podcast.
0: came out in the movie. Yeah.
2: Raquel has been in so many plays over you know,
0: the She years. came out in our, in our movie. She did. Yeah. She did. She yeah, came she came the to mom as the mom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold your thought.
1: Yeah, so Ra- I love Raquel. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Raquel, and uh, we're, we're inviting you here on air to come to our show. Thank you, Raquel.
2: Yeah, she's amazing. When I wrote the piece, I wrote it with her in mind. And yeah, I, in fact, I even asked her. And almost pre-cast her, even though that's not possible with CCC. I pre-cast her to play this role. It was very important for me that it was someone who actually walked the red road to play the lead protagonist.
0: Beautiful. And she agreed.
2: And then it went from there. I submitted it to El Teatro Campesino. Okay. Oh, wow. uh, uh,
0: Luis Valdez. 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 Yes.
2: Yeah. and last year they reopened their theater up after the pandemic for the first time in several years that they had done a festival like this, and I was accepted. My play was accepted. Oh, oh wonderful. So yes, that, yes. See, 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 see. you staged it first? Uh, no, them? I staged it at Casa 0101. Nice. Yes, it was right. important for me that in the theater I consider home, that it was there first. First, yeah. And then it traveled, and I traveled with the play to watch it being put on the stage, and it was something incredible. Made some really great friends. Right. And then I was in a Facebook group for uh, the um, theater folks of color. Okay. And somebody, a professor from Loyola Marymount, was asking if people have short presentations because they need their students to learn about what's going on in the world. Okay. And so I immediately placed on there, hey, this is, this is my play, this is the title, this is what it's about. Let's talk. And she emailed me the very next day. And I asked her what it would be used for. Do we change the names? Do you, are you going to be using it in your curriculum? And she said, uh, send it to me and I'll let you know. Nice. And my baby, you know, you send away your baby, okay, yeah. Ooh, ho- man, hoping that you trust wonderful. this person. Yeah. And two days later, she's like, this will absolutely be used in curriculum from, from this day forward. Wow, which Beautiful. is my follow-up question. So
1: it is used as an art justice curriculum at Loyola Marymount, right, yes. University? Yes. Just
2: there or elsewhere? So far, just there. Right. Yeah. Um, that plate so far just there and I have another one being used right. as curriculum at Pasadena City College and Beautiful. so let me fo- yeah let me do another
1: follow-up too. Uh, what so talk a little bit about how you blend art and advocacy you have
2: explained a little bit of it and but why is it so important for you I think that at the end of the day the artists are the ones who are listened to I think that the artist's voice carries lots of value, mm-hmm. tremendous value, actually. I right. mean, look at you all. Your your voice as artist carries wide, so wide. There's just no limit to it. That's beautiful. So right. and thank you, in thank yes. you, and thank you for having me here. And I think it's it's important for me for not just my voice, but the way that the actor articulates every single word that I've written for them. And even more importantly is hosting a space where people also have these types of stories within them because I can talk about Puvungna all day long mm-hmm. but my Puvungna may be somebody else's neighborhood park that's going up for yeah. f- for development. Like a
0: Chicano Park in San like Diego. Like a Chicano Park right. exactly like, yeah. like
2: the way they've been taking care of the, the murals down there um, and the funding that needs to happen there. Stories that can come out of there rich and beautiful and giving folks the space and the place to be able to write
0: about things like that that for me gives me life yeah so uh, you mentioned something important funding right you know and like you know a lot of people that don't like money right you know and money's not important but it's up to with breathing you know what <laughs> <laughs> right? so you know <laughs> and also you know so <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. but i think i think that's the problem i think a lot of times like you know we're able to get like initiatives to kind of get something right in the community but there's no follow-up funding Correct. Right, you know, whether it's sustainable it's, funding, yes, yeah, sustainable funding, you know, yeah. and I think that's important. And I think, you know, that's where these casinos sh- we should force them to kind of start kicking back some of that money to the outer community. You know, uh, you know, I know that you know, a lot of them they support the community Mochi's. there, which is great, but right, you know, they have the funding to do that, right? If they're giving away free cars or a million dollars, they can, you know, chip in a few hundred thousand dollars here yes. and there to right. different right. programs. So and I'm sure, I'm sure maybe they do. I don't, I'm not aware of it, right? But you know, like seven generations, I know they have a grant that, you know, helps out with different stuff. It's a group called Seven Generations. Yeah. Uh, And then but, you know, there's got to be more funding out there, you know, to support these programs, you know, and uh, and to preserve these lands. You know, Um, I know uh, up in the I forgot what mountains, whatever, going up north, there's like this little cave of a pain cave, right? You know, of like uh, native uh, paint. Right. right, You know, and uh, it's cool. You drive up there like way to the top of the hill and then that gets a residential area and there's a little cave right there, but it's all locked in. And you could see, like, the, the, the paintings. But uh, besides not being too accessible, it's kind of, like, trashed and stuff like that, whatever. So it's preserved because there's a, there's a little, like, state park sign there, right, you mm-hmm. know, but no one's taking care of it. It's, it's all trashed, right, right, you know, and so, like, stuff like that. So they so got funding to secure it, but then they're not keeping it up.
2: Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah that's important. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for Sustainable sure. funding. Yeah. Have you
0: been to the one by Santa Monica or, or Malibu, the, the land of the Tamba property over there in Malibu? I, I don't believe that yeah, I have there's, uh, there's uh, I'll remember later I'll tell you but there's a beautiful space out there they do a lot of ceremonies there as well and, uh, and someone told me about it that I don't know which school has this property uh, but anyway, so you go over there and it's all circled off and it's a chunk of the year it's closed but sometimes there they they have it open they have the uh, the arbor there right kind of like a Sundance arbor oh, right? but I don't know they do Sundance ceremonies, but they do definitely do ceremony I think there's some inipis there as well and stuff and so it's a cool spot I've, I've I've been there many times. It's usually closed, and I've been there maybe once or twice when I seen a lot of people there, but I didn't go inside, you know. Uh, but uh, pretty cool location right there. Um, Are you talking about Malibu. where the Freedom Bell is at? No, 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 so oh, okay. that, w- no, okay. So right there, we used to put on the elders gathering. Yeah, like that's right. That that. Yeah, so was yeah. the elders yeah. gathering there. But no, in Malibu, there's, man, I don't know, that, but it's a Tamba, it's like a Tamba land right there you know and they have an arbor and everything else really really cool after the show i'll look it up and i'll tell you where it's at yeah i like taking
1: my kids there right right that's awesome so lorena it's obvious that you have tremendous passion you're super intelligent you have incredible spiritual awareness and acumen how do you deal with that when you're dealing with young people for example who are getting into theater and I don't want to say for the wrong reasons, right? I don't, I don't squash anybody's dreams to get to Hollywood or what, or what have you. But <coughs> in cases that the pure artist, for example, the artist who's exercising from the inside out, educating at the same time, uplifting, holding, uh, how do you deal with that when, when people are clueless and they walk into a theater stage with zero awareness of what's happening in the world what needs to be done because obviously there's a lot to be done and there's a lot to be learned and we're responsible for a whole lot of things that are happening in the world right uh we're all implicit there's there's no innocent people in the world other than children but how we eat you know how we carry our lives carry significant ripple effects all around us. So how do we, and and obviously spiritual work is about learning how to self-manage, how to self-regulate, how to be accountable, uh, responsible for your own actions, your thoughts, and for caring for others. So uh, knowing all this, which is in one way is a burden, (laughs) in one way it's a burden, you know what I mean? Thank you for calling that out,
2: by the way. Right.
1: How do you (laughs) manage yourself and not get upset when young people... Are not paying attention, if you will. Okay.
2: So I'm going to keep it real. Yes, I d- please. I do get upset. This is a place. I absolutely get upset. And right. I And I wonder, are they recognizing their privilege to be able to turn that off? Right. Because even now with what's going on, and, and I, I don't want to bring the, the mood down, but even now, being able to walk around unaware of what's happening around us. What a wonderful privilege, right? Because the grocery store still exists for us to go buy groceries at. The bank is still open for us to go banking, right? But there are people who are suffering because of these all these systemic systems. They're suffering, and right. artists, or even people who are pursuing the arts, to make themselves conscious, consciously, be unaware and make that decision, I I get really really upset about it. Right. Right. So I'm gonna keep that real because I don't want to come off like a Pollyanna either because I'm I'm not. Right. I do get upset, and I, I question folks. I question it, even people as young as five years old, yeah. because we do, uh, seven years old, excuse me, we do have young youth at, at the theater, right. and I ask them sometimes, you know, why are you doing this? Is your mom forcing you to be here? What do you want to do with your art? Right. A- Does and the your mom ad- wants you to be a great actor right. Right, in Hollywood? And, <laughs> and then the other adults in the room are looking at me like, why? We just want him to act. Right. Why, why do we have to be conscious? Because if we don't walk around conscious, then we're going to be zombies, absolutely how, how can we change the world or how can we be part of the change that's happening exactly if we're not conscious of what needs to happen and 100 and i should i should probably interject here your uh, you sent me a, a podcast not too long ago or, or a video on youtube yeah of peter sellers yeah and, <laughs> and i, I really originally got you, thought huh? why is this guy sending me everybody sends me things that they want me to watch and, and you sent me this peter sellers video <laughs> I'm like, why do i have to watch this right now i have you know, you see my bio, I got a thousand things to right, do, why, right. why? And I stopped because I had to drive up to uh, up here to LA right. and I pushed play and I'm listening and I'm thinking, this guy can cure the world of what ails it. Like, he is so intelligent. <laughs> and then I skipped, I'm like, I'm gonna stop here because I gotta go on to the next one. And I started the next one about edible, uh, like making sure that we are building these ecologies right. and, and economies of edible, to sustainable edible right. practices. And I, I'm listening. I should say blindly because I'm in traffic. And all of a sudden, he makes this statement about, "You are the person you wanted to be when you're doing something that doesn't pay you." Oh man,
0: welcome to my world right now. <laughs> Twenty-five years of my life of service for free. Man.
2: Yes. Uh, and I go where ahead, go ahead. Need. Okay, well, I'll okay, so
0: I, I went to a Metra conference in Arizona, right? You know, right? Ooh, back in the day, right? You know, when I was in high school and with a couple of friends. And I remember this older couple, right? Husband and wife, I believe. They pulled us to the side and they said, hey, guys, this is a very important moment in your life. You know, this is where you want to make a decision because you can follow this route or go a different route, right? If you follow this route, it's going to fill your heart but not your pocket. But if you want to fill your pocket and not your heart, then you shouldn't be here. You should be somewhere else. Right. You know, and I said, my heart. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> and then so for the next 25 years, my heart was full. My pocket was oh empty. Oh, my God. Right, you know, and and don't regret none of it. You know, the only the only thing is all like I realize now is like you have to have a balance in that, too. Only for because sure. when you have kids, they need stuff. Right. You know, you don't have to depend on the government to pay for your kids stuff. Right. right you want to be able to sure. get them what they need. Right. You know, not not. Yeah. over splurge them, but kind of like, okay, they need right. shoes. You get them shoes, they need clothes, they need food, whatever, you know? And so right. that's the only thing that delayed me a lot when I trailer, like, oh man, you know, I have to start, you know, making, you know, a little bit of money, you know? And so, uh, but it's very important, you know, to like the heart to be filled. It makes you more of a complete person. You know, it makes you more sane. I, as a matter of fact, just think about it. I think I just found my cure, you know, with my anxiety and shit is that ever since I started working. And painting paid, pain, I've been getting anxiety. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. Because I was a goddamn revolutionary when I was working for free. You know, you and you were happy. And, and I was happy. to write that
2: prescription for you. Right? right. Return to your revolutionary days. Cured. Right? There you and, go. And oh, there <laughs> it yeah. is. See, and, and C-
1: C- Yes, but that's a good segue, munchies. By the way, you know to be a revolutionary, you know, the word evolution is in there. You have to be evolutionary yes. because in our younger days or what Armand Gotti called one in his plays, he says the the age of the degenerate warrior, right? In our early 20s, when we think we could take over the world and change it. And the reality is that that's not the case. Right. We have to work. The revolution starts with your evolution, your understanding, your compassion, your kindness, your wisdom, and then that's how you affect the world not by cursing it right which takes me to the next question because you did listen to the video that i sent you uh of peter sellers right yeah but in there he said something very crucial right he had a program at i think uc berkeley where he combined artists uh the, the art department with journalism right mm. and hi- and his thing is this he says we have to the reason he engaged them in dialogue is because he says we have to get journalists to speak more personally, Mm -hmm. not detach from a situation, right? Because you're part of it. You're a human being. Like, how can you say, and the hurricane is going like 10 miles now. Dick, you're about to get (laughs) killed by this hurricane. Please show us that that you're a human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. And on the other hand, we have the artists who speak so passionately uh, and so fervent. However, a lot of their facts are not straight. So how can we also instruct artists (laughs) <laughs> to read a little more and to get their facts straight before they just start f bombing everybody and structures. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and absolutely. being loose cannons. Because, it, like Monchi said, it, we have to find a balance uh, within artistic practice as well. But I think artists who are mature understand this point. And unless we're reading and informing ourselves, how can we be, we, w- how can we be really effective? and facilitating change and progress, right? Because we have people who are conservative, for 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 instance, uh, I have a lot of friends who are conservatives, in fact, Republican, and I must say that outright, right? And I love Damn, them, by the way, I bro, like I love my what's really other going friends. On? We forgive the them. Yeah, so right. here's the thing. <laughs> their, their issue with a lot of artistic practice and young people is that they're just loose cannons. They're just speaking out of their ass and making a lot of noise. And noise is important, but at the same time, can artists come across also as really understanding what they're saying other than important that, than painting a portrait of how devastating the world is? Because that's easy, right? I can I can pick up a pair of pants and find all the defects easily. You understand? Yeah. And that's easy to do, to pick up the defect. Oh, there's a hole here. There's a bad stitch here. But can I find uh, the time that it took to thread it together, knit it together? How many people? It took to put it together. What is the process of putting this together? Well, now we're talking about interdependence, right? And we're all involved. You get what
2: I'm saying? And desire, right? Yes, because yes, you yes. have to have a desire <laughs> to yes. mend that hole, right? Or
1: you know, or yeah. you
2: don't, right. or you simply don't. You simply want to keep living with that hole existing, right? Because it's easier for you, right? It's exactly. more comfortable. What was for me? You. What was me? Right? Yes. right. It's right. Like, yeah. It's like yes, yeah. Yeah. The, the victim mentality. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So so tell us that's that. That's self-degrading, it, right? Exactly. And and that's actually i started that way with the victim mentality yeah uh, I, w- I i don't I think know. we all
0: did chicano 101
2: yes <laughs> so i wasn't even brown until i turned 20 years old mm. so that's really the basis of everything for me right yeah i was i was white for the first 20 tell years tell us of my that life. share that
1: with us because i know that story much it's very interesting oh her gosh. story how she she identified wow, more she's from orange county bro what do you expect yes exactly yeah. so <laughs> no no partly
0: uh, but that, that that'll be that. the standard right like you know right you yeah. know just you know, it, it, which which makes sense. You know, which makes sense. You know, growing right. up in Orange County, Right. you know, because people if, not unless you meet people from Orange County, you don't know that they're actually like diverse in their in their in their thought, right, and in their way. Right, it's more like oh, okay, Republican, right? You know, just all Wasichu status, and that's it. You know, but you know, if you get to know people that have evolved or have learned different things, and you get to know, you know, that right. people in Orange County are or all over are diverse yeah. in, in in their thought, you know, in their life experience. Right. And I
2: wasn't really. If you would have met me when I was 20 years old, I was not diverse. In fact, I held on to that the whiteness that was me. Yeah. And I grew up denying everything outside of my home, everything about me that was brown. I was Lori and my kindergarten teacher didn't know how to say Lorena. No problem. She called me Lori. Like it was very difficult. But not Karen, right? Not Karen. just (laughs) Lori. No, not Karen. That came later. And, And so after that, why, why am I here with this fool? Anyway, <laughs> every, every year after that, oh, every time okay. it was the first day of school, I would run to the teacher and I would let them know, hey, it's Lori. It's Lori. Before they had a chance to say Lorena, because I didn't even want anybody to know that my name was Lorena. Right. And I never, ever, ever allowed anybody to talk about my middle name. Yeah. And we'd be in the stores and my mother and father, they, did, they didn't speak English. Which is what? Your middle name? Marisol. 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 Hi, oh. oh. Marisol. Marisol.
1: No. Marisol. 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 What's up?
2: Sorry if that brings it up it some triggering does, memories for you. Yeah. I'm the good Marisol. Come oh, on, oh nah. in that case, yes. Okay. Okay, beautiful. all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So I denied speaking Spanish outside of my home. Right. And yeah. I, cou- I went to school not knowing any English. Oh, wait, your parents it spoke Spanish? Only Spanish. Ah, English wow, was I a forbidden see. language in my home. Yeah and you didn't speak it as soon as you walked in the door there was no english spoken and the tv shows that we watched few and far between they were english but we didn't learn from them we were in in the esl classes in school and so once i learned english there for me there was no going back i denied toda la mexicanidad like the only thing i couldn't deny was you know my skin is suspect so it always was brown and people thought that i was i was always the big girl so i thought i was samoan because i would never speak spanish and i think you're the rock sister I am. Okay. There you I go. Am. Be am. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so uh, I moved out of my home when I was 20 years old, but I moved into a, a street that was vibrant in life like this, like your street, Monchie. Yeah. I I'd come off the freeway and I always told my son, I want to live in a neighborhood like this yeah. because we, we grew up in what my mother would call a gilded cage. Mm. We were so watched and so um, supervised and nothing was ever outside of the norm in our neighborhood or in our house. And so to move out with freedom to a brown neighborhood for me was everything. Yeah. And wow. then I'm like, I'm forced to be brown now. And I suddenly started using my, my real name, Lorena. Yeah. And then I would be la licenciada de, de la vecindad because I would help people with their immigration papers because suddenly yeah. after 20 years, I know how to read and write Spanish yeah. and, wow. and I, bec- I came into this being that, wow. Who let me be white for so long? And I was right. angry. Like, why yeah. did people let me be white for so long? Like, almost even taking on this, this identity of, like, white supremacy. Right. White was right for me. And everything that wasn't white, I didn't want to attain. Yeah. Right. It wasn't for me. And in this metamorphosis, th- this evolution, like you said, right. uh, um, Alex, was really hard and fast, fast for me. It
0: came swiftly. Well, it's heavy, the load that you carry, being a revolutionary. Right. Thank you. But the good thing is that
1: it comes with evolution. With evolutionary. Because then if you're just a revolutionary who's stuck in some ideology that's not dynamic, then we start getting into problems. Then anger starts festering and we start acting out and we start, you know, uh, hating instead of uh, loving. Right. And we have to continue to. Uh, I think it was Che who said, right, a, rev- a true revolutionary is a person who's moved by uh, profound love, you know, uh, and that I think that that is the movement. Right. Yeah. Do, do the things for the right reasons, care for the right reasons, have compassion for the right reasons, because we're all in it together. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think that's important in artistic work as well. So Lorena, uh, I have another question for you because I'm inspired. Talk a little bit about Mi Jardin. And, you know, you're a co-creator of Mijardín at Casa 0101 Theater. Uh, wha- wha- of course, you've talked a, a, lot, a whole lot about what inspired you, but what in particular is
2: Mijardín, and how has it impacted the community you serve? Thank you. I'm glad we got to this. Um, it's called En Mijardín. En Mijardín. Yeah, when right. it all began for me 14 years ago, when I had just had my son, uh, Mixli, I was going through some postpartum depression, yeah. and I didn't know what to do, and I... For me, the cure has always been writing. And I do three things with my writing, and I want to make that very clear. I either bury it, I share it, or I perform it. Nice. And in nice. that period of my life, I would bury it.
0: Can you repeat it again?
2: Yes. The three things that I do with my writing and that I encourage everybody to choose one of the three is I either bury it, I share it, or, or I perform, perform it. it. Nice. And that particular very period of my life. Thank you.
1: Super motivational. I,
2: I would bury everything. Right. I'd burn and bury, or I'd delete and I wrote this poem called "En mi Jardín," and it was a metaphorical garden where I would park all my different identities. So it was an intersectional garden. And in that poem, I talked about what parts of my garden got watered, right? And what parts were in the shade. I mean, intentionally neglected so that they wouldn't grow. And a lot of that time, the joy was in the was in the shadows. The joy wow. was not growing, and it wasn't intentional. Right. And as as that poem evolved and I would delete some of it and then put some good stuff in I started writing with the parents and the caretakers at Casa uno, and I was forced to write actually it was never something that I wanted to do at the theater and I even said to Maria G Martinez I'm sure you're all familiar with her yes uh, she was leaving the the class and I said to her I don't have a I don't have anything to write with me you know insolente I don't have anything to write with you're not going to get my writing And she said, oh, Lorena, no paper, no pencil, no problem. Here you go. And she handed it to me. So I'm forced to write. And in the following three years, the pandemic hits. And we're writing every single week with these parents. And we're growing together. And we're learning about each other's traumas. And we're getting through each other's traumas unintentionally, unintentional therapy. Yeah. But in an intentional space. And when the pandemic hit, Maria said, we're going to have to stop writing. And I said, no, we don't stop. We don't stop this medicine we've, we've begun. Let's do this. So we continued writing through the pandemic and we wondered like what was next for us. And Maria got to the point where she said, you're at the point now where you can lead this group. I'm gonna step back. And nice. I'm like, no, that's not happening. You're yeah. not going anywhere, don't go. Right. And, and this is, we're talking about unpaid labor because this is who we wanted to be. Right. And I suddenly found myself in a group of parents and caretakers needing to do needing to do this work we we started releasing it in 2018 but we were not done releasing it and then as soon as I was able to not necessarily take control but take ownership of what I wanted something to look like and getting that permission from from Emanuel I began asking these parents will you engage in this trauma-informed trauma responsive space I'll take care of you but I need you to feel free in a safer space to write about these things and I was very very lucky to be trusted by these writers Mm. and what we created and what you were able to witness on stage this year is previously unsaid I guided eight writers at that time through writing a play that brought back somebody from the dead and the person had to be I mean figuratively unalive and you brought them back to have one of three things a conversation that you already lived, you wanted to relive it because it was so beautiful. Or a conversation that you never got to have. You got to create it from scratch. Or one that happened but didn't happen the way you wanted it to, so you, wanted you were able to create it on stage. Right. And for me, watching the process for these writers to bring back their parents or to bring back a, a, a brother, I was healed in the process, bringing back my dad because I had a very tumultuous relationship with him for 20 years. I got to listen to him on stage tell me that he loved me. And I beautiful. got to listen to him tell me on stage that I'm a good mom. Oh, man, wonderful. It's beautiful.
1: Right. I don't want to cry. No, please um, do, please. Yeah, if you need to. And for me, no. that w-
2: that was everything for right. me. Yeah. And to watch my writing kin, I call them writing kin. Right. To watch them find healing in writing and sharing and in writing and performing, there's something really magical about that. And to find a place that will allow you to be that vulnerable and allow you to share your writing with the world in hopes of inspiring others there aren't many spaces like that in wow. this world Wow. and this it was just a two-day performance wow. and we sold out there yeah. was a waiting list so long we could have put on an entire month and sold out right and when the second day was over we were all at casa Fina and and emmanuel came over and we were already talking we were moving and shaking about w- what was next we couldn't stop. The people knew there were 18 actors and eight writers, but we knew that we had to make something. And when Emmanuel arrived to the restaurant, he's like, what's next, Lorena? And I said, I'm going to tell you what's next, and I need you to listen to me. And I'm crying, and I'm, you know, paloma
0: after paloma. Salud. <laughs> <I> Salud. <laughs> I have my paloma right here. <laughs>
2: So where's mine, Monchi? I've been waiting all morning. You know? <laughs>
0: oh,
1: yeah. So I'm in the mix. <laughs>
2: and and I, I listened to him throw the flowers. You know, this is right. so beautiful, Lorena, and you provided so much healing. And I said, it's not just me. There were four of us who did this. It, it is myself, Lorena Marisol Ortega. There's Lorena Ramirez. There's Kerry Ramos. And there's Connie Valencia. We've been writing as sisters for four years. Five years, excuse wow. me. Now six. Together. Wow, that is beautiful. And I said to him, I need you to give me this space. I need you to allow me. And it wasn't even a want, it was this primal need to be in service of others. Yeah, right. Because I, I think a lot of us live like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, What do you need? I said, I need the space in the theater. I need you to allow me to guide these writers to continue writing these stories. And I need you to help me fund it. And there were a million other asks. And he
0: said, yes. He will figure it out. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, E-Man's a beautiful person oh, like that.
2: They're Very yeah.
1: noble man. He's, yeah. a, he's a great Shout man. Shout out, man. Brother E. We love you. <laughs> E-Man. <laughs> Shout
2: out to the bestie. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so I also said, you know, I, I want to name this. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, if we're going to be confronting and dealing with intersectionalities, I want to name this Enmi Jardín because that's where the idea originally began. Hey, Lorena.
1: And by the way, uh, all this is so beautiful and touching and moving. <sighs> And thank you for sharing that, opening up your heart and your soul. By the way, do you know? Th- do c- can you recite the poem? No. Okay. You, c- you you can I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah.
2: It's a fluid piece of work. Okay. So, I, I think most of us have dealt with depression and anxiety. Right. And What's so that? <laughs> right. I never hey dealt with it. Never heard of that? My daily
0: breakfast. My daily breakfast. Yeah. Daily breakfast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Made by Kellogg's. No. <laughs> <You don't>? <laughs> so <laughs> So we uh it changes in and I think la- yesterday when I accessed it again in my Google Docs, shout out Google. Nice. I uh I also changed some of the lines right. because I heal different parts of myself and then other parts of my pain come up. Wow. So it's dynamic. It's It's dynamic. It's it's alive. It's Every time you touch
1: it, there's something more, another layer to it. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. And that's what
2: I encourage the writers to do. This time it was, we led 18 writers. Right. And we were, uh, one of the things that I asked them to do is list 10 different facets of you. Yeah. And I showed them uh, examples of it. And every week, somebody, like if you were in the space, I would say, Alex, choose a number 1 to 10 and you choose eight, all right. So the prompt in looking at your identity that you listed as number eight, so everybody had a different, a different response to the prompt. We couldn't all say, well, what did a closet look like when you were young? Mm. Because we were writing to the number eight listed identity that you claimed for yourself. Okay.
0: So you make a list. You make of a, a list. Uh, your own list of like one through 10. Yes. And then, you know, when you randomly do number one or or you select a number and everybody has their own different story. They have
2: their own different story that's written according to the prompt. Wow. That's
0: beautiful. And then. That's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a
2: wonderful format to get people to be able to write. But the things that come up, um, they're not always pretty. Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) man. Yeah. Usually usually they're actually the opposite, right? uh, Usually. Even on stage.
0: May I? Okay. So. So I, I, um, my friends asked me to MC uh, voices of youth, right? Which is like, uh, I worked at homeboy industries and, uh, we'd have, uh, Orland me, uh, well, we had a couple of guys that were mentoring these youth, right. That would come from other places that do native ceremonies like uh, African drumming and, uh, other stuff. And so, so we'd have these youth, uh, do workshops on poetry writing, Anyways, right, you know, and I have anxiety. I've had anxiety the chunk of my life. Right. Anyway. So, uh, So I was emceeing the event, which is fine, but then they want me to do some poetry, right? And I said, I'll do it if I'm first, right? Whatever, right? You know, just to get it out the way, right? And then, so, right, so we're right there, right? And then, like, everybody's poetry was heavy, dude, heavy. All these youngsters, like, they have some heavy stuff in their life, right? You know, like, death and trauma and abuse and all this stuff, right? And the room was, like, heavy, right? Anyways, and so after the first person, I was, like, am I next? Yeah, almost, almost, right? The next person, am I next? Almost, almost, right? Whatever, right? So anyway, so my friend who was co-organized uh, event, right, made me go last, right? And I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm all stressed out, right, whatever. So I go up there, right, and I do my poetry, right? And my poetry, it's about anxiety, right? Like being in the DMV, right, stressing, you know, stressing out, right, you know, and uh, falling apart, like Reese's Pieces and all this stuff. And so anyways, everybody started laughing, laughing, laughing. Whatever. I don't know if they should have laughed at my shit because it was my <laughs> trauma. But anyways... <laughs> But I guess since it was anxiety and it wasn't death and murder and, uh, you know, and uh, abuse, that it was like, it, it brought up the room yeah. at the end of the show, right? You know, and it was great because I think I needed that, right? You know, and everybody needed that. And it was just like the right timing. And I guess maybe my friends knew that this would set off different. But the point being is that that uh, when you do poetry, right, spoken word, you know, when you're doing writing, right, it's, it's such a healing process, For you sure. know, especially if you're vulnerable and honest with yourself, right? You know, and... And just, you know, let the truth come out. You know, it just, it just liberates you so much, you know? So that's very important. You know, so I've touched on that before. So I know what you're saying is really like miracle work, you know, for those individuals that are participating. So keep up the great work, you know, thank you for sharing that. That's really, really uh, powerful to me knowing that that someone's out there doing that right now. So that's good. And by the
1: way, having said all that, Monchis, I'm actually glad that Brother E pulled me back into, into the theater world because... It was unbelievably a uh, shocker for me how I was triggered, like initially, oh right? Gosh, and yeah. I had so much I remember. resistance, bro. <laughs> I had so much resistance because uh, I, you know, w- one of the things that you encounter in 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 the work that I do, which is therapeutic therapeutic work, and I've dealt with heavy cases, as you know, homicide, rapes, uh, you know, assaults. Uh, I- over the years, I've done a lot of incredible work like that, and, and you get what's called cumulative trauma. Oh, but but you know you think that you're good. I always say you walk around like nothing's bothering you, right? Sure. But I'm when I'm in the clinical room, I I'm 100% focused. I can hold the environment. I can listen to someone 100% and be there and kind of detach myself, quote unquote, from it and move on with my day. Uh but I you know, like you said, you compartmentalize. Yeah. And You don't know that. I'm the and master so so of that. when I was a uh, uh, when I was there at the theater, Mohan Chen I read, and th- especially the role I was going to play, th- which was heavy, uh, domestic violence, and I was going to, like, slap my, 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 my co-actor, and she played my wife, and, oh, shout out to Carla Ojeda, by the way. Carla and oh, By the way, she's probably going <laughs> to come to the show soon. Thank <laughs> you, Carla. Anyways, uh, so the thing is, I was triggered. I was so angry, bro, and I, and I felt like I was set up, you know. And I was upset at my brother E for a while because I was like, bro, I don't need this right now, you know? And Mm. it's funny because if somebody tells me my dad beat up my mom and he hurt her bad and I need you to come do therapy with me, I'll do it in a hot second. Sure. I could do it, but I couldn't do that in the theater. Like, I'm like, fuck you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Monchi, you should have seen him. I I had the privilege or bad luck of watching Alex play this, this role. And you would, as he would rehearse more and more, his whole body would, like, atrophy and and I'd be Tents like, up. What's Yeah, oh, it was yeah. really, really strange to watch. One because I didn't know him. I've never watched him act prior to this this time. But to know that he was it wasn't that he wasn't happy acting, but you could tell what the acting was doing to his body. Uncomfortable yeah. or is it just w-
0: being vulnerable and going to a darker place or I think all of the above no, because that's, that's, a, being that's in your part
1: po- it's in your cells, bro. Yeah. It's in your body, it's in your memory cell. Uh, the epigenetics. So like
0: what you're talking
1: about, the body is trying to release that yeah. so in in hindsight my point is that uh, acting this has been therapeutic for me at the end of the day yeah and just bonding with the rest of the actors and it took it took me a little while to bond with everyone but for the most part just kind of letting down my guard and, yeah. and allowing myself to be vulnerable and that it is a safe space as we always call them you know uh, but it's difficult at first because my experience in theater has been a shocker, bro. They just throw me in the water in the role. Boom, yeah. right? In particular yeah. with Peter, right? Boom, just and get it. It is. And then they sink they, or swim, baby. Sink and not only swim. that, they 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 ask you to draw from your shit, yeah. from your personal stuff. Because I'm not a trained actor, right? Yeah. What? Where else am I going to grab from, bro? Right. And you know, yeah, well, and a life experience. Yeah, A exactly. lot of my experiences yes. are traumatic. Yeah. But, again, I, I'm, I'm an older, mature, uh, more mature I'm person sorry. now. <coughs> you did know, you say mature? What's <laughs> what <laughs> happening here? So I, can, I, can, I, I managed to go through the, through no the, turbul- through the turbulence. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, they call me the Cisco kidder, too, because I care <laughs> a lot. Anyway. But, um, <laughs> so, anyways, I'm, I'm thankful that I did participate, and I got to know a lot of people and, and got to meet you, Lorena. So that's pretty awesome.
2: I think that was so the best outcome, right? yes yeah. meeting yeah, me yeah. oh yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. For yeah. hands yeah. down <laughs> for sure
1: <laughs> for sure so much did you have more questions i uh before because i did want to ask her go ahead much first no,
0: but, uh, well i guess you know just want to know like what do you have for future projects oh mind? yes exactly but i know what's your future project you have in mind? Have you s- a
2: sneak peek ah uh, yes i'm super excited about what's coming up next at uh casa zero Cero speaking of emmy jardin these plays one of the agreements that i had with emmanuel was that these plays get to make it to the stage nice so i'm taking some brand new playwrights and some seasoned playwrights and we're going to be on the stage the second two weeks of april and the first two weeks of may we get an entire month on the stage so we're bringing back some actors it is a 10 minute play festival of all new works and also this friday I'll be coming out in a published anthology. It's called "Chicanas at Play." Nice. The, uh, three of my plays will be in there. Thank Congratulations! Congratulations! "Chicanas really at, at Play." Yes, "Chicanas at that's Play," cool. uh, edited and compiled by Ivan Zahir Garcia okay. and Beatriz, Beatriz Jamaica, uh, Jamaica. I'm not sure how she pronounces it, but right. I like to say Jamaica because that's my favorite drink in the world. And right? it's healthy. Fun fact. Yes.
0: Yeah. Without sugar without sugar
2: exactly you gotta be diabetic-minded you know Um, so that's what's coming up the the publishing of that and I want to eventually write and I had told you about this Alex I I eventually want to get an anthology together of stories for folks who have lost their fathers and the lessons that they learned from their fathers and that that for me is very important that's great we're looking
1: forward and I'm excited to see your work and by the way I've been trying to get jumped in into her crew uh did I make the cut I sent her like three writing samples Trying to get in there, bro. Unless it's just mujeres, I get it. But well,
0: I'm like, <laughs> I, you, you reminded me of something right now. I just want to put out there. So, um, when I wanted to be a—I uh, <laughs> uh, remember when I was young. I wanted to be a director, right? I wanted to direct a play, right? You know. And I was like, man, there's this play that I heard of, right? That I read. That was really cool. And I forgot the name of it right now, but it was a play that Josefina Lopez uh, uh, wrote, right? You know, Josef- yeah, Josefina yeah. Lopez, right? that yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then, um, so. So I, I and, and she was, and she and I found out like she lived locally right here in Boyle Heights at the time. This was many years ago. I was like high school or right after high school, whatever. And so anyway, so I was like, oh, she lives right here. So I wrote her a letter. I don't know if I had money for a stamp. I don't know if I put the, the, the letter like in her mailbox, right? I think that's what I did. Just put it there, right? You know, I said, hey, you know, uh, my Ramon or whatever, and I, uh, I want to direct your play. I know it's a, you know, it's a Chicana play, and I'm really interested, whatever. You know, if I had the opportunity, I would really appreciate it if you give me the permission to, you know to produce your play, right, you know, I don't know how I was gonna produce it where or whatever right you know um, but you had an initiative but I had an initiative right and it, and then so she wrote back to me saying, no, oh, thank you so much for your interest, you know, but the play she already had it like uh someone else already bought the rights to it, right Ooh. you know, and it was a, it was like a chicana uh protest uh kind of play, I forgot his call right now, but it was okay. it was a pretty cool play right. And, so, and it's, but so I didn't get the opportunity to, to direct her play. That would have been my first play to direct, right, you know, as a youngster. But, but it, it, it inspired me to kind of, like, take the initiative to reach out to her. And uh, little would I know that I would end up meeting with her and talking to her and, and being, you know, good people, being over to their house and all that stuff, you know, time later, you know. And so, um, and so it's cool, like, you know, when you're young and you want to do stuff, right, you know, you never know where it's going to lead you, right, yeah. you know. And after doing that, it led me to doing, you know, working on different plays, on, on video production stuff, working on different uh, production shows and all that stuff. And, and it was a great experience doing that stuff, you know. Uh, but it's about just when you have a passion, follow it. Follow it, right, you know. And, you know, and y- it doesn't matter where you think, you know, you're going to go. It's just going to take you on this journey, uh, this life journey, you know, yeah, like absolutely. travels through Aslan, right, you know, kind yes. of thing, right. Well, so yeah. uh, so it's pretty cool. But it is, yeah, so is you're very inspirational, you know, like uh, I want to say you're not making me want to uh, march on Cesar Chavez, but you make me want to get up and start exploring Cesar Chavez. Does that make sense? Orale, like, right? you, you're inspiring. You, yeah, he's talking you're, about the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> well, yeah, he's <laughs> no longer around. But because well, I, I, th- no, I, I think movement, your very, street, like I yeah. think no, your stuff is very your um, stuff is because your stuff is very. A lot of nice, subtle empowerment Ideas are like things that you can do, right? It's not say like you know take over the world. It's more like you know get up and do something, right? Yeah. You know get up hey and, and, and and expose yourself, be free, right? You know um, allow yourself to be vulnerable, you know, and and you know and good things will happen, right? You yeah. know, uh, last thing real fast. So like at homeboy industry, they used to work, right? They used to say, uh I, we say, I say, whatever. Uh, like you know, we don't change people, right? We can't change you, but we can provide an environment. For you to change yourself, for sure, that's right? It. You it's know, you. and that's what and that's what you're saying 100%. right there is you provide an environment for people to change themselves right. to find themselves. So, right. and, having and having and said that, as
1: that's we're perfect. closing, uh, your 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 passion and your dedication and your ideologies and your creativity philosophy align really well with the "It's on You" philosophy and movement, which is awesome, and we appreciate that. For that, any final words of wisdom for the audience and for us as men locos. do you have anything for us as we wrap this up lorena
2: oh my gosh i think I, for me it, it's most important to tell people to just write like just write. even if it's just writing something that did not go well for you that day there's a release in writing oh and yes. taking responsibility Ooh, for what ails you in life Ooh. and whether that's you know, shouting into a pillow or screaming into a wall, right. there has to be a release. Oh, yes. Because if there's not a timely release, just like, a, you know, the steam pot, but there's not a timely release. It's going to blow. That. It's going to blow. That's the most important. Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily that it's going to blow, but what does that look like right exactly and who will you damage exactly because damaging yourself that's one thing it's on you to damage yourself
0: right. it's on you right? yeah. but
2: the responsibility that we have in this interconnectedness we yeah. belong to each other we do yeah. and if we don't take care of the impact of our own actions and our own words and our own uh, um, emotions right we're not animals
1: we'll right know. At, yeah. at, at,
2: we have to remind ourselves of that and I continue to tell that yeah. to my children Shout out to Alexandria, Ayana, shout I, out Ascar Soshitzin, Akol Mixli. Oh, see, 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 all si, of them si. um, for sure. And I tell them that all the time. You know, what what is yeah. the, the impact of your words? Right, right. And that starts in my home. Yes, yeah. yes. And then and then I can share that with everybody yeah. <clears> Thank you, Lorena. Beautiful.
1: An honor, a privilege. I hope you come back and join us and, and share more wisdom with us. I couldn't have said it better
0: myself. Monchi, any final thoughts in no. closing? Yeah. Uh, well, one, I want I want you to have the opportunity to say your final thoughts, Alice, then I'll close it out. Oh, sure. Well, that
1: exactly that. I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm happy that Lorena's here. She's a teacher. She and I consider my teacher uh, one of one of Beautiful. my other teachers, because Thank you. I listen if she talks. Uh, we we don't often I don't often assign that that role to myself, you know, with other people. It takes somebody with particular qualities and principles and understanding and wisdom you know, that can guide you. So uh, I'm happy uh, for having you here. And thank you. I'm happy to, for that. It's on you podcast is back. Monchi. Mm, yes C- sir. C-C-C. C-C-C. And we're going to have hopefully more <laughs> mujeres on board. Yes and maybe sir. they could be our teachers. That's C-C-C. right. C-C. C-C. What's
0: up, Monchi? Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for our first episode of season two. We look forward to you guys joining us for episode number two coming really soon to you and I want to say you know ultimately at the end of the day it's It's on you. you